Welcome to Freelance Sucks. Here we discuss the dark side of freelancing about which nobody usually talks out loud. In this show, we speak with experienced freelancers, and I'm sure listening to their stories helps you prepare for freelancers' challenges. My name is Yuri. I'm a community builder at Code Control and Nanium.works, and my guest is Elmer Biedic, the web all-rounder, experienced freelancer, speaker, mountain biker, fan of 90s cinema, and the foolish stack web engineer. So, welcome, Almir. Thank you. Hi. I love so much. I recently went through your website, and first of all, Brick Breaker game is amazing. And secondly, I love foolish stack web engineer. It's awesome. And let's start with the first question. So, for you, what is the most challenging part of being a freelancer? Charging. <laughs> like, I, I hear a lot of these very often when I say that I'm freelancer, people are like, oh, but that's very stressful, you know, looking for new projects. Uh, are you going to get it? Are you not going to get it? I personally, the majority of the time, never had problems with that. The problems I did have, also, not not very often, but this one time was uh, was quite a big one and enough to make me kind of remember it in, in a darkly uh, view it's because um, the client just didn't pay like a, a huge huge amount of money. Mm. And yeah, it was it was it felt more like uh, like being scammed rather than than anything else. So ever since then, sometimes I would have to like be reluctant about pushing my code and like, uh, when am I going to send the invoice and, uh, you know, stuff like that. It makes you a little bit stressed and spending time on unnecessary stuff that uh, usually should be pretty easy. You know, one time I, I, I spent a whole 30 minutes or an hour just going scrolling through slack of of this client that i work and taking screenshots of everything because it's in case you know uh shit hit the fans it's an important um part of having as a proof in case you get uh like in conversation with lawyers and such mm -hmm. did you finally get paid for that no, no. So I had, uh, I never got paid for that. So they, they paid, they paid partially. And then basically they were extending the, the, they were delaying the, they started at some point delaying the, the monthly payment. And then the last, uh, two and something months that I worked were just, um, they, they never paid for it. I did go to the lawyers and I got to a point where I had to decide, okay, am I going to be, spending time and energy to get this back or yeah. to just you know earn this money again and I, I just preferred to spend it in a more fun way than writing huge letters and um re, re retelling the history to, to lawyers and then stuff like that yeah i can imagine i believe that some bad clients are really using it because you know like there is so hard to you know, get get paid. And after after this after this happened, did you change anything in your charging process? So yeah, no, I mean not not necessarily, but 
I've been more careful, like about what's the time period that I maximally max gonna allow, um, w- without taking certain measures. So I would not, again, if I'm if a month month passes and I'm not getting the invoice for the full month, I would probably not continue working until at least that one is is sold. So I'm trying to make some sort of a question of what's the maximum that I'm prepared to lose. Mm-hmm. Also, I do try to take more proof of what's be because these guys, they, you know, everything, everything was actually going pretty good. We were, we were very friendly and everything. And then one day they were like, oh, okay, we're going to be ending this project still in a very friendly way, remove me from Slack. <laughs> and then I didn't have a friendly way proof of, of anything, you know. So I, I do take caution sometimes to take more, um, you know, just screenshots, proof of, of what's what's been going on. But yeah, it's also worth saying that ever since then, something similar never happened. Um, not to me, but yeah, but also like I was mentioning in the previous episode, I was mentioning this freelance group that I was working with. So back then it wasn't, uh, related to me, but they, they got multiple times, um, kind of, uh, scammed, not getting paid, uh, by the client. So it's something definitely that happens. As a matter of fact, I think if, a freelancer has uh, a lot of different clients and different pro- different projects. It might even be something that needs to be calculated in the yearly um, income that one of these projects might uh, not get paid, right? Yeah, totally. And uh, from your experience, what is the percentage of this calculation should be added? Yeah, to be honest, I'm not like, I'm saying this because that's how usually businesses do it, right? Like if you Amazon, they're going to take into calculation some of the stuff that's going to just be, you know, lost and uh, returned and, uh, but I don't, I don't actually do it. Um, also that's, that's, that's the advantage of, of having the middleman like 9 a.m right like it's at least uh, at least for the freelancer it gets but i mean i i'm not sure exactly how it works like the freelance it, does it happen like with with clients that sometimes they wouldn't pay and then you do pay the freelancer but um they don't get money from the client does that how does that work does it happen i feel like yes I'm not sure how it works exactly. Like, I don't know, you know, about the um, moments if there, I, I, I definitely sure there were some moments when like code control paid to freelancers and then got uh, asked this money from the client, definitely. But in general, I feel like it's just code control paying, paying to freelancers and then receiving this money from client. So it's like, you know, adding some safety pillar. But in general, I don't know about bad things. So I will ask, you know, I, it's, it's a good question. I will prepare for the next time better. I will ask how it works. But in general, yes, it's something like we're proposing as a, as a service, like you're getting paid on time and all this stuff. So, but it's not about us today. It's all about you. So. 
tell me what is the most time consuming thing you must deal as a freelancer? Um, I mean, that's the good part of freelancing that some of the um, overhead that you would have in a company. I mean, assuming this is assuming that freelancer most often means also remote. So some of the overhead as a, as an employee or as an on-site uh, worker is actually gone. So the most time consuming is, do, is doing the actual work, right? Uh, there are these times, again, I, I think I was, I was pretty lucky in the past where I had moments where I would finish one project and, you know, I would write a message to one person and literally the next day I'm starting a, a new project. So it was most often, it was not uh, very time consuming to look for projects. As a matter of fact, they were more coming just like that rather than having to look for them. It did change a little bit in the past six, seven months, like the tech mm -hmm. bubble bursting, whatever. Um, you could, I, I can feel that there are less, less projects coming in and less investors willing to give money just like that into, into a product. So right now it might be a little bit different, but most of the time, most, most of the time that most, uh, uh, consuming time-consuming task would be just doing the the actual work right yeah totally i feel like it's the best you know when you can just focus on your work you know forget about finding projects forget about doing taxes forget about getting paid when it's everything on time and you just like you know relax and do what you really love to do and what is the most nerve consuming thing and and that's that again does not um, differ much, freelancer or not freelancer. It's the um, usual stuff that you would encounter as a normal employee as well. So whatever is usually nerve-wracking for you on a normal job, it will be pretty much similar as a, as a, as a freelancer. Yeah, but I feel like freelancers has you know more pressure and also there are career so what i really love myself about freelancing that i can be super open with other teams and with founders so i can like tell them what i really think you know not like thinking about how to uh, have my place and how to please everyone but if i see that something is not going right i can tell hey folks it's not going right we need to fix it let's do it <laughs> Right. So you, you mean you can be more open towards freelance, more direct if you have a freelancer and right, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> and as a freelancer, do you ever feel professional loneliness? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's something that, that's actually something that's actual now again, um, I did have a problem where it would be just too lonely looking for, looking for, usually the way I try to solve it is I don't, I'm not a huge fan of working from home. I actually don't like at all work. I'm trying to avoid it completely because um, I'm 
I'm I'm not having a separate room mm. in the apartment only as the office. In that case, it might work, but it's still probably not ideal. So I'm also not a huge fan of co-working spaces, at least not the ones I can find in Vienna. They pretty much feel most often like a regular office where it's uh, very quiet and not many things going on. So my preferred way of working is just finding a cafe where mm-hmm. people work from. And I'm lucky to be living in the part of the city where there's actually a bunch of those. So there are cafes where almost at any time you can go in. There's going to be at least one, two persons, other persons with laptops or sometimes even like, I don't know, five of them or whatever. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've been, I've been having a problem that I would sometimes switch like two or three of these cafes per day. And you know, if the coffee is like four or five euros, it's, it becomes the most expensive co-working space. <laughs> so I, I've been lately, I've been trying to figure out if there's something like, so that's a problem. And if other people are having this problem, there's a solution to it. Right. So I've been even thinking of, uh, uh, trying to start some, some membership and then maybe potentially some follow up app that helps with, uh, with that so that people can actually work from cafes, not having to spend more money than it would, it would be to, to work in a co-working space. Wow. It sounds amazing. Can you imagine a coffee, coffee, cafe, um, application, cafe membership? And like you just you know go check in and then like they bring you your favorite coffee and uh, you can connect with people and there are like monthly gatherings and all the stuff so it sounds like community you know yeah yeah that's that's exactly what i what i'm trying uh, uh to figure out now if there I, i checked a couple a couple different like it's it seems like the only people that like doing that the only place where i can find them are actually in cafes because whenever i tried asking someone else most people don't actually like or do that so it seems that to get to these people i literally have to just like go directly to them yeah definitely and tell me if your friend wanted to become a freelancer what are top three things you'd advise them to consider before doing it so i was saying how this um insecurity is not is not a problem necessarily it was not a problem necessarily but i would definitely give them a heads up that that's a thing Mm -hmm. and that they would have to be ready for that that would probably be also it would actually mostly be good things also if they are prepared to be dealing with the administration and the taxes on their own but again i I see that like when i started being a freelancer i actually liked it a lot that i finally could see and understand what why am i paying taxes what are they exactly being paid for Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when a company gives you like, Hey, you can have gym for free, or you can have this for free or that for free. I realized how it actually works. I did not understand that before becoming a freelancer. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. I prefer to pick my own, you know, 
what's what's gonna be what and and, mm-hmm. and what am I gonna be spending for the business so but then again some people don't want to deal with that they they prefer that ha- having that dealt um, by someone else so yeah the uncertainty uh, the extra administration uh, I think those would be the two main things got it you know Omer, I really wish to have the sky is limit but time is limit so the final question if you were starting freelancing today is there one thing you would have done differently um I would I would probably be charging more since the beginning <laughs> like, I think I was I think I was uh, doing a little bit too too low in the beginning and kind of not believing in myself some sort of uh, so that would be kind of another advice for someone starting out like don't devalue yourself but um try to find out objectively how much your your time is worth and how much time are you really spending on the project because it's not only um it's it's hard it's very easy to get distracted by how much time we're actually spending on the project and working remotely and as a freelancer you don't count in all of those minutes and hours when yeah. you are just uh thinking about it while walking around your home or whatever there's a bunch of these little things uh it, it's just important to be aware how much time are we really dedicating to this project uh, even if we are not in the office totally agree and Thank you so much for sharing your challenges and for having such an open conversation. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button on five stars and share it with your friend. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.